yes, many people do not like, uh, do not enjoy teachings on false teachers, especially fellow ministers. I offend a lot of people in that regard, and I don't really care. I'm happy to, I don't care whose ox is God. I have a duty to serve Christ, who alone called me, and whose gospel alone I am called to defend. And indeed, every teacher and every preacher is meant to be a defender of the gospel. And there is only one gospel. There is only one. There are no two messages. There is only one gospel. And that gospel has been timeless. The same gospel of repentance and the grace and mercy of God was spoken by the Old Testament servants of God was preached after so uh, 400 years or so of silence between the Old and New Testaments. The same message was spoken through the uh, through John the Baptist when God began to speak again to the people. John the Baptist came with that same message of repentance and God's mercy and grace, the repentance and the kingdom of God. When our Lord himself, the Lord of life, God the Son, in whom alone we find forgiveness and salvation. When he taught and started his preaching and teaching ministry, the message was the very same. Repentance and the kingdom of God. He left that message to the apostles. He sent them out whilst, whilst he was with them to preach the same message. Repentance and the kingdom of God. And after the Lord departed this world, after his ascension back to heaven, the message remained the same with the apostles, repentance and the kingdom of God. So I will never preach anything else, nor will I accept anything else else to be the counsel of God. Repentance. And this is exactly what Paul the Apostle said. In Galatians um, chapter 1, <clears throat> obviously the, the, the members of the body of Christ in Galatia were having issues they were having problems they were getting confused because amongst them had been poured a lot of heresy and a lot of false teachers who were teaching a whole load of nonsense and throwing the people into confusion and paul writes to them uh, he wrote them wrote to them in chapter 1 of galatians take it from verse 6 there to verse 9 i am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of christ and are turning to a different gospel which is really no gospel at all Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. He said it with such Alacrity. He said it with such force. He said it with such shock and such annoyance. That where is this coming from? The gospel of Christ is one. Jesus did not come here so that we can all wallow in good health. He didn't come here so that we can all have good, great, big, fat bank accounts. No, he didn't come here so that we can all strut around in pride and arrogance about who we are and what we have and what we have attained and what we have achieved. Because if that was the case, then Jesus' mission failed. Oh yes, then we can say that his mission failed. Because not everybody, Christian or not, has got perfect health. Not everybody, Christian or not, is rich and wealthy and have a fantastic bank account. Not everybody, Christian or otherwise, 
have achieved and attained certain uh, status and recognition and achievement and worldly attainment and acclaim. So if that is the reason that the Lord came then, if those are the reasons the Lord came, all those ridiculous things about prosperity gospel and any other kind of gospel, then Jesus' mission failed. But we know that he did not fail. Why? Because he came to reconcile those who are, who have been called by God to salvation to God. And indeed, those of us who thankfully and humbly receive have received that grace and mercy. In quiet and total submission, walk with the Lord, and we know we are redeemed. And we have no cares for this world, or the trappings of this world, or anything that this world has got to offer. Because now we have come, the eyes of our minds have been, and, and our understanding have been enlightened so much that we now appreciate the fact that this world is not our final destination. We now know that our singular purpose and our sole purpose in this world, the reason we have been given life on earth, is to bring glory to God. This is where all of mankind have fallen short of the grace of God and, and, and not known that. Because there are very few lives that bring glory to God. That is why all men are born into sin. That's why the Bible says all have uh, sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Because nobody, by default, born into the world, glorifies God with their lives. No. Everybody comes into the world and the moment you realize you're alive, you start setting about your own agenda and doing your own things and building life for yourself. There are not many people who are actually born into wanting to serve God, into submission to Christ. It's not automatic. It's not automatic because there's far too much that the ruler of this age, Satan, the enemy of our souls, the enemy of God primarily, it is because of his hatred for God and for Christ Jesus that he hates us. So the battle is against God, but we are used as pawns on a chessboard in the process. That is his purpose, is to make sure nobody brings glory to God. And he has so much that he entices the world with and ensnares the people of the world with that there are very, very few people who actually glorify God with their lives. And that is the singular purpose of man. That is why God created us. Bearing in mind that we were the last of God's creation, he created everything else. Everything else in the world was here before us. And God put us here as his crowning glory to enjoy the work of his hands and give him glory. To enjoy him, enjoy the work of his hands and give him and him alone glory. And that is not happening by default. And that is why all men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so whoever is redeemed today and is a Christian knows now that there is only one God, there is only one Lord, the Lord of their lives, and that is Jesus Christ. And such people work in absolute submission to Christ in every way. And it does not, hap it does not matter what the world entices them with. It does not matter what the world has got on offer. Look, if we look in uh, Revelation, chapter 12 of the, of the book of Revelation, where it tells us exactly here what Satan's mission is. And this is why today he has poured an army of false teachers in, 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 into the church. Having tried, by all means, from the outside to, to fight against Christ, it didn't work from the outside. And now Christ has gathered his own people together as, his, as, as members of his body, the church. So Satan has gone in the midst. And it's always been, look, we had warnings. The apostles gave warnings. We're going to look at all this. 
for all I know, this particular teaching and false teaching and false teachers may well take us to the end of this year. I did say at the very beginning that the old uh, teaching on the believers' battle was going to last all of this year. We're halfway through the year now, and I'm only just getting into the false teachers and false teachings. But it's a very, very serious thing. It's a very grave danger because souls are perishing. Souls are perishing because they are following all kinds of ridiculous, empty, foolish teachings. Teachings that promote them, the human uh, well, lost sense of lust and greed and, and, and foolishness. People love it. They sound nice. These things sound good. These things sound good. So they tweet and, 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 they, and, and they, these people pick up Bible verses and, and, and manipulate the Bible verses to fit into what they're trying to say. The message of God is timeless. There is no good news except that, that man can be redeemed, and that only through the Son of God. What's good news about, what else can be good news? Gospel means good news. What else can be good news? Are you going to live in perpetually perfect health? Nobody does. Are you always going to have a lot of money and lots of, well, unless you're born into a royal family or or anything other thing like that, but how many percentage of the people in the world have all the money they'll ever need from the beginning to the end? And anyway, is there any proof that all this wealth have given these people a sense of fulfillment, a sense of satisfaction, has given them peace, has given them joy, and most importantly, salvation? You can't buy it. So there is no good news in all that. The only good news is that though you were destined for judgment and condemnation and for hell by all accounts because you have failed to glorify God with your life the good news now is you can actually receive mercy you can actually receive grace you can actually receive forgiveness and receive the ultimate gift of eternal life with Christ and with God the Father that is the only good news because that when you know that and you receive that good news, then you know that it doesn't matter what your personal circumstances are in the world, poor, rich, sick, or well, famous or unknown, then it wouldn't matter, would it? Because you know that this life is fleeting. It's passing by you. It doesn't matter whether you live to be 150 years old. It's still a, it's still a day in the eyes of God. It is still a fleeting moment. It is still going to pass. So the good news is knowing that when this life does pass, with all its problems, with all its hassles, with all the aggravations and every irritation you may have to encounter, you have a home, a permanent one, which will be forever, where all the evils you have known in this present world will not exist. Where you will live with all the peace and joy and abundance that you can ever have, which was God's creation in the first place. He gave us all things in abundance before. We had, you know, when God created the, the earth in the first place, all the food that we eat today were already in existence. They were all there for us to enjoy. All the things that we have turned into idols today, gold, diamonds, you know, all these expensive stones and jewelry and everything, oil, which is liquid gold, everything was there, free from God for us to enjoy. But now they've all become gods of Satan has turned them around and made them all sneers to us. And now we're killing each other to lay our hands on these things and stepping on each other and harming each other and hurting each other to get all those things. Things that were given to us freely by God. 
And God has promised us that once again he's going to restore the initial order of things where everything will be as perfect as when he prepared it. That is good news. That is the gospel. Not anything else that only has a finite life only lasts this present age. So you have good health. Yes, you still die. So you have lots of money. You will still die. So you are famous and you're a king or a queen or a prime minister or a president or you have loads of titles, whatever. You will still die. And you know the sad thing about it? All those things will mean nothing when you stand before Christ in that day of judgment. And everyone will stand before Christ. How will you stand? Go on there and explain how much you enjoyed good health and had money and you know you prospered and you know you were famous and you gave to the poor and all those things that will not account for you what will account is how much did you glorify god with your life and that you cannot do out of obedience so now let's let's look at revelation <clears throat> the battle we're in to understand the purpose of, of false teachers why are they here chapter 12 of revelation takes it but i'm not going to read all of that for now what i want to look at now is um <clears throat> i take it from, from verse 10 then i heard a loud voice in heaven say now have come the salvation and power and the kingdom of our god and the authority of his christ for the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our god day and night has been hurled down they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the, by the word of their testimony they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. I'll leave it down there for I'll leave it there for the time being. We're gonna use a lot of this chapter twelve of Revelation, but for now, it says there the accuser of the brethren, Satan, is in hold to earth. He here he is here. He's the prince of this world, he's the ruler of this age, is the spirit that is at work in the disobedient. That's what the Bible says. And I accept and embrace all of the Bible as truth, the word of God. Now he says that the, they overcame him. This is talking about those who are in Christ. They overcame him by the blood of the lamp, which sanctifies us. That sacrifice, which is the atonement for our sins. The blood of the lamb, the blood of Christ. It is by the blood that we stand. We don't stand on nothing. We cannot stand in our own strength. We cannot atone for our own sins. We stand by the blood of Christ and proclaim Abba, Father. God is our Father because Christ, the Son of God, our Lord and our Savior, has reconciled us with the Father. That is why we can call God Father. It is not in our own strength, not because of any good that we have done. So now, by the blood of Christ we stand because this is a blood that atoned for our sins. That's the only atonement acceptable to God. Christ was perfect. He was God. Came down in the flesh. And whoever will follow him he becomes a son of God. Whoever would accept the life of Christ, and it is not a life whereby we strut about and, and, and go and say we declare this and we proclaim that and turn the, Christ, the cross of Christ into nothing but for material gain. That is foolish and such a person is not saved. As I said, you come to Christ, he is Lord of your life, that means you leave your life for him, you abandon your own choices and go for what the Lord has said. Yes, you abandon your own personal choices, your own personal interests, and go by the word of God. If the word of God says, no, it doesn't matter how much this thing means to you. It doesn't matter how much you love this thing. You simply have to leave it. This is what the young lady I was speaking about earlier in my church could not reconcile. She could not bring herself to understand that. Well, she knew, but she just could not accept it. 
that she has to give up this man that she has gone and fallen in love with, out of disobedience, of course, because she was cautioned at the very beginning. How can I now give this up because Christ says so? Sorry, is Christ really Lord of your life? You will give up anything. That's why the, the, the Lord himself said, if anyone loves his father or mother, his, um, yes, husband, wife, brother, sister, even his own life, not even your children should come between you and Christ, even his own life, more than me. Jesus said, such a person is not worthy to be my disciple. So you see, Christianity, I always say, is not for the faint-hearted. Now, the revelation we read, it says, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. That's the only way we can overcome Satan. And by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Are you willing to lay down your life for the cross? Because the average Christian today is terrified of death. It's like a song I've heard. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. <laughs> you cannot be in heaven. You cannot physically get to heaven until you leave this world. All that nonsense about the secular world creating heaven and earth and, you know, all these holiday resorts. Out of the works of God, God has set up all these beautiful islands. He established them all. The people go there and tell you they're setting up, oh, we, they, they set up things and make it into, into a holiday resort and tell you this is paradise on earth. They have no idea what they're talking about. This is heaven and earth. They have no idea what they're talking about. Certainly not here. Those of us who belong to Christ, yes, indeed, we are citizens of heaven. And we look forward. We work in submission, in thanksgiving, in holiness and righteousness as we look forward to that day when we shall physically be there. Heaven is not on earth, but we are a part of the kingdom of heaven. Because now we live to the glory of God for Christ. By his word, standing by his blood. Now where he says that uh, and they, uh, by the, they overcame the devil... By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Are we talking about what people call testimony today? Standing in front of the church, which is what the false teachers specialize in doing, is bringing people to give testimony, to big themselves up, to give testimony as to how fantastic and powerful they are. So they bring the people in front. Try watching them on Christian television. It's the most irritating sight. Bring people saying, oh yes, and you know, and I got my immigration, I've got my finals, uh, or permanent stay or something, my, my visas come through, oh, and, and uh, I've got a baby now because pastor prayed for me, and daddy prayed for me, and he blessed my womb, and now I'm, I'm, I've, I've given birth to twins and all this. Is any man able to give anybody the gift of, of, of parenthood? All those things come from God. Now, you come, people then stand and say, that's their testimony. Oh, yes, and then I got this money, and then I got a job. But these things are things that are happening to unbelievers as well every day. They are God's simple benevolent acts. There's nothing miraculous about them. A miracle is something that absolutely defies every law of nature. That you've been in this country applying for a visa or applying for a permanent steward or British citizenship for 10 years and it's finally come through is not a miracle. Because it does happen routinely, every day, to people, believer or non-believer. That eventually, you, when you wanted to conceive, you didn't conceive, most of it out of anxiety or whatever it is, and um, eventually you do get pregnant, in God's own timing, is not a miracle, it is God's benevolent act. He is the one who blesses us with children. And he will when he is ready. Just because something happened, that didn't happen at the time you wanted it, and then you got it at the time God chose to do it, doesn't make it a miracle. To which you go and give thanks to your father and your mother in the church.
self-appointed father and mother. Jesus said there's only one father and he's in heaven. There is a lot that is wrong and people don't know. And I will speak the word of Christ. I am called to defend the gospel, to defend the word of Christ, to defend the honor of Christ. And I don't care who likes it and who doesn't like it. And I will speak with every confidence because even Peter the Apostle said, if anyone speaks, let him speak as one speaking the very words of God. I do not speak out of my own common sense. I do not speak out of my own personal learning from some kind of institution. No, I speak as as sent by God because his spirit lives in me, because he called me. I have my own profession. I still practice my own profession. I'm not doing this to feed myself or to please any man, but I do this because this is the reason God put me on earth. And so I will speak. And so there's a lot to talk about false teachings. We haven't even begun. I'm still on the introduction, and I'm still going to be introducing this for a while before I can get into the nitty-gritty of it, because there is a great urgency now for people to turn their ears against heresy and against foolish common sense teachings and teachings that appeal to the mind and to people and to the sense of lust. You want to belong to Christ? You want his salvation? You will have to submit to Christ and receive and embrace only the gospel of Christ. There is no other gospel outside of that of Christ. And it is not diverse. It is one message It doesn't encompass and embrace all kinds of other areas of life. No, it is one message. Repentance and the kingdom of God. I'll leave it there for 